Good morning, Paradise Valley Christian Church. What a privilege it is to come together online again this morning. And again, thank you to each one that has taken the time to join us. I would encourage you that if you are someone that's looking for things for your children to be doing or listening to or watching as far as scripturally, that sort of thing, Take the time to, to search some things online. Uh, there is a Bible app put out by YouVersion, uh, and we'd love for you to, to check some of those out. In fact, my ch- children this morning uh, were on the North Christian Church Cheyenne website, and uh, they were able to watch a few things for kids uh, on their website. Again, this being a fifth Sunday, I thank the praise team that was willing to come and share kind of some bluegrass, some hymns uh, with us this morning on this fifth Sunday. Appreciate them very much. If the chat section of the YouTube uh, page is a distraction to you, I'd encourage you to shut that off or go full screen, and then that eliminates uh, that as well. Before we get into too much of the message, I want to encourage you to be praying for uh, the Jamie Lewis family, uh, she, this past week she lost her sister, as well as we've been praying for the Marvels uh, with the loss uh, of Lori, and as well as Al Allen, be in prayer for the Al Allen family uh, with the loss of Al. And if you have other prayer requests that you need to have known, uh, please, you can put those in the chat uh, on the side there, or you can send in a private message. Uh, on the Digital Connect card that Tommy mentioned at pvcc.info. And praise God, this past uh, Friday, I want to share with you, uh, I was able to come into the sanctuary here, and we utilized the baptistry. Two individuals uh, were immersed into Christ this past Friday. And I'm praising God in the midst of all the craziness that takes place in our world right now. God is still at work. He is still alive He's still active, and uh, he is a God that's in control, that God is the one that still allows for us to to have each and every day. And so praising God for the decisions uh, this past week, uh, those who made a decision to be immersed into Christ. For those of you who were able to spend time fasting this last week, I would say thank you and encourage you that that would be something that maybe you could begin to implement into your regular daily life. This past week, we corporately tried to do that for some of us uh, from Tuesday about 6 p.m. to Wednesday at 6 p.m. And if that time worked for you, great, praise the Lord. If that didn't work for you and you did something else, Praise the Lord for that. We just want to be spending time in prayer for our country, for our leaders, for our church leaders. And so thank you for taking the time to do that. And again, if you're joining us for the very first time this morning, we encourage you to go to our pvcc.info website. And there's a connect card there. And I would encourage everyone to do that. That way we know that you are joining us this morning. You can fill that out. Give as much or the least amount of information you want to give us this morning. And as we draw closer to the end of our Here and Now sermon series, uh, we're, we're getting close to wrapping this up, and that will wrap up next Sunday, which next Sunday happens to be Palm Sunday. And as we begin a new series then on Easter morning, uh, that will be entitled God of the Impossible. And I'm really excited for that. I'm looking forward to that. And so if you want to continue to keep joining us online on Sunday mornings, that's kind of the direction that we're currently taking as we look to the future. And it might be a surprise to you 
to hear this this morning, but today we're going to look at a passage that tells us what we ought to be wearing as Christians. And now because this isn't a normal Sunday for most of us, in fact many of you are most likely at home watching the message from home in your pajamas possibly, you, you aren't probably too worried about what you are wearing necessarily However, I know that maybe on a normal Sunday, some of you might be looking around wondering, you know, am I dressed appropriately? What what, what am I supposed to be dressed in? Am, Am I biblically dressed? And I want to put you all at ease. We have a nice, comfortable, casual church atmosphere here at PV, and I'm I'm glad for that. I believe that we can just welcome each other in as we have that casual dress atmosphere and on a regular basis everyone here is dressed just fine in a a physical sense anyway but there's a passage in the bible that does tell us how we are to be dressed in a spiritual sense and you'll find that passage in the new testament letter that we've been studying together first peter it's found in the fifth chapter, and if you want to turn over there, I'll try to do a better job of slowing uh, the scripture readings down so you have a chance to, to get over there. Uh, if you're using my Bible this morning, you're on page 1011, so you can quickly turn over there. And uh, we're going to be reading from chapter 5 of 1 Peter, starting in verse 5. It says, Young men, from the NIV, in the same way, be submissive to those who are older. All of you clothe yourselves with humility toward one another, because God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand, that he may lift you up in due time. Cast all your anxiety on him, because he cares for you. Will you pray with me? Father, this morning, as we come together in your name, Again, it's not about us, it's not about the internet, it's not about live streaming, it's about you. And as we humble ourselves in your presence, we pray that the message of 1 Peter that speaks specifically to humbling ourselves would be received with an open heart and an open mind this morning. God, may you speak powerfully to us through your Holy Spirit as we gather together in your presence. It's in the name of Jesus I pray, amen. So how do we become clothed in humility? And one way that Peter urges us to be clothed in humility is by humbling ourselves toward each other. And if you're taking notes this morning, maybe you've started a journal that you're taking notes uh, with at home to keep track of kind of the messages that we've been working through through 1 Peter. Humbling ourselves toward each other. And as we look here in verse 5, young men, in the same way, be submissive submissive to those who are older and last week the very first points of the message from last week was that the that good shepherds have humility but it's not just for our elders that we're to be humble in fact again from the new king james it says likewise you younger people submit yourselves to your elders and while people Peter would, you know, I'm sure want all younger people to be submissive and to respect and to give honor to those who are older and maybe more mature in the faith. I believe he's specifically talking to this idea about our church leadership. The writer of Hebrews puts it this way, remember your elders who spoke the word of God to you. 
Consider the outcome of their way of life and imitate their faith, Hebrews 13, 7. And in verse 17, the writer of Hebrew goes on to write, Have confidence in your leaders and submit to their authority because they keep watch over you as those who must give an account. Do this so that their work will be a joy, not a burden, for that would be of no benefit to you. So one way that we can be clothed in humility is by taking a humble position toward those who are charged with spiritual leadership in the church. Peter writes, All of you, clothe yourselves with humility toward one another, because God opposes the proud, but shows favor to the humble. When Peter wrote that we are to be clothed with humility, he used a word that basically describes the act of putting on a garment that needs to be tied. You you might think of the idea of tying on the garment of humility and being properly bound with it in the spirit of a servant. Many scholars believe that when Peter said this, what he had in his mind was that wonderful image of the Lord Jesus rising from the table and wrapping himself in the garment of a servant to wash his disciples' feet. It is amazing to me how what we are wearing truly affects what you might do that day. For those of you who know me, if, if I was to, to take an apron and, and wrap it around me to put it on, to tie it around myself, you know, if you knew me, you, you know that I would be preparing to watch someone else cook, right? All right, okay, because, you know, if I put that on, I don't want anything they're making to splatter on my nice clothes or anything like that, but, you know, I'm not much of a cook, and yet, if I was to put that on, you would think that I would be putting it on to get to work, and for many of you, if you are tying on an apron, it would mean that very thing. It would mean that you're going to do some work. Just the other day, I was... uh, here at the church building, and, and I had been um, previously at uh, the school, and I had been at the school, and I, it was chapel day, and it was my turn to, to spend time uh, sharing in the chapel service, and during the chapel service, I stuck to the dress code, and so I was wearing, you know, nice slacks and a, a nice shirt with a tie, and I come back to the church, and later on that morning, Nathan List had come to the church building to move the big, heavy uh, shelves that were in the hallway over to the church shop. And, and there were two things that stuck out in my mind that day. And the first was that Nathan looked at me and, and he said, wow, you, you look like someone really important this morning. It, because it was something that I wasn't normally wearing to the church office on a regular basis. It was out of the norm. He said something to the effect of that I must have important things to do today. And the second thing that that struck me was I offered to help move these big heavy shelves. And both Nathan and Tommy were were kind of reluctant for me to be able to help. And it might have been the fact that they both thought that I wasn't really strong enough to help. But I think more the fact that it had to do with this idea of I was... I was wearing nice clothes, and if I spent time rubbing up against these dirty shelves that I might ruin my clothes or get them all dirty, you see, what we wear makes a difference physically and spiritually. 
We are to tie on an attitude of service toward one another. We need to get our work clothes on. And in Philippians 2, 1 through 4, through the, the New Living Translation, says it this way. The Apostle Paul wrote, Is there any encouragement from belonging to Christ? Any comfort from His love? Any fellowship together in the Spirit? Are your hearts tender and compassionate? Then make me truly happy by agreeing wholeheartedly with each other, loving one another, and working together with one mind and purpose. Verse 3, don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble, thinking of others as better than yourselves. Don't look out only for your own interests, but take an interest in others too. And it's essential that we be clothed in humility toward one another for God to grant his blessing upon us as a church family. It's easy to start thinking that only our way is the right way and, and that you have it all figured out. And, and I find myself doing that. I, I always say, well, of course I think my way is the right way. Otherwise, why would I think that way in the first place? But the problem with always thinking that your way is the right way and that your way is the only way is that you miss out on the ideas and the abilities and the influence that God has given others to be able to add into the body. You begin to have the reputation of being arrogant or hard to work with. And the message paraphrase says Philippians 2, 1 through 4 in a very powerful way. This, this paraphrase from Philippians 2, 1 through 4 begins by saying, If you've gotten anything at all out of following Christ, if his love has made any difference in your life, if being in a community of the Spirit means anything to you, if you have a heart, if you care, then do me a favor. Agree with each other. Love each other. Be deep-spirited friends. Don't push your way to the front. Don't sweet-talk your way to the top. Put yourself aside and help others get ahead. Don't be obsessed with getting your own advantage. Forget yourselves long enough to lend a helping hand. And as we live lives in relationship with one another, how often are you to be how often are you more concerned for others versus how often you are more concerned for yourselves? Think about that in your marriages. Do you care more about what your spouse thinks, what what they need, or do you oftentimes care more about what you think and what you need? What about your relationships with your siblings? Yep, I'm talking to my children right there in the camera. Yeah, what about our siblings and how we treat each other in our families? What about your friends? Do you care more about what your friends think and what they need versus your own desires? And your coworkers, or maybe even the random stranger at the store. As Peter challenges us to be humble towards one another, he quotes Proverbs 3.34 here, in this verse 5, quotes Proverbs 3.34 to remind us that this is what God wants from us. It says, surely he scorns the scornful, but gives grace to the humble. This same verse is also quoted by James in James 4, 6 through 10. 
but he gives us more grace. That is why scripture says God opposes the proud but shows favor to the humble. Submit yourselves then to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Come near to God and he will come near to you. Wash your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Grieve, mourn, and wail. Change your laughter to mourning and your joy to gloom. Humble yourselves before the Lord and he will lift you up. So dear brothers and sisters in Christ, let's be clothed in humility by first of all making sure that we are clothed with humility toward each other. Let's live out our faith having tied on the apron of humble service toward one another just as the Lord Jesus did towards us. Peter quotes that Old Testament Proverbs about how God resists the proud but gives grace to the humble. And then he continues on in verse 6 and shares that those who humble themselves out of a reverence toward God will be exalted. And this leads us to another way that we are to be clothed in humility, and that's by humbling ourselves toward God. Again, if you're taking notes, the first is idea of humbling ourselves towards one another. And the second thing this morning is to humble ourselves towards God. In verse 6, Peter writes, Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time. And I read a story the other day that illustrates this. It was about a young minister who had just been called to be the pastor of his very first church. He had, he had just graduated from seminary, and, and since he had graduated with honors, he thought that he was pretty hot stuff. He thought that he was about to give the people the greatest sermon that he had ever preached and that they had ever heard. And he strode up to the pulpit with a, self, a sense of self-importance and, and read the passage of scripture he was going to preach from. And then... He completely forgot his sermon. The whole thing had somehow left his mind, and, and he read the scripture again, hoping that it would come back to him, but it didn't. Uh, he, he read it a third time, but everything was blank. And with great embarrassment, he, he told everyone, I, I'm sorry, but I can't speak to you this morning. Down he went with a bowed head and a broken step, and when the service was older, over, an older leader in the church came to him and said, Son, if you had gone up the way you came down, you might have come down the way you went up. That's what Peter means when he says, Therefore humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you. And in God's household, those who exalt themselves are humbled, but those who humble themselves are exalted. It's like the law of gravity in two directions. What goes up must come down, and what goes down becomes lifted up. When we humble ourselves under God's mighty hand, we make it easier for him to lift us up with the other hand. And do you notice that Peter says that God exalts us in due time? 
This may be because the only people, because the people of God were for a season suffering persecution. As we read through 1 Peter, there's this persecution going on and it was as if by God's sovereign permission, they were being permitted to undergo hardship, trusting for God to exalt them later. And I wonder how many of us are willing to humble ourselves, trusting that God will lift us up in his time. As Peter puts it in 1 Peter verse 1, chapter, chapter 1, excuse me, verse 6, in this, that is, in the prospect of the future glory and in the enjoyment of our rich eternal inheritance in Christ, he goes on to say, you greatly rejoice in that. Though now for a little while, if need be, you have been grieved by various trials. Isn't that interesting? If need be, God knows what we need. And we can humble ourselves under his will and trust him to exalt us in due time. But it all comes back to our willingness to humble ourselves and allow God to lift us up in his time. I think about my children. My children at times do some pretty neat, fun, exciting things that make us smile and laugh and, and, and make my heart proud. And, and however, there's, there's times with seven of them that we don't always acknowledge everything they do like right away and give them the praise that they need like right away. And there's occasions when we're about to say like, good, good job or that was really neat or wow, we are really proud of you. And yet before we have the opportunity to do that, one of them might say something to the effect of, didn't I do a good job? Wasn't I great? Or I colored this good, didn't I? And in those moments as a parent, there's a fine line between giving them the encouragement that they need and teaching them to be humble. See, they were spending so much time lifting themselves up that we didn't have the opportunity to lift them up on our own. My dad would say at times, don't break your arm patting yourself on the back. Well, what did he mean by that? He meant that I didn't always have to toot my own horn. I could do a good job at something without having to bring everyone's attention to it to receive praise for what I had done. I didn't always have to try and exalt myself, but I needed to remain humble. And God is looking for you and I to live lives of humility in order that in his timing, he can say, well done, good and faithful servant. And so yet another way that we are to, to be clothed with humility is by giving up the whole idea of exalting ourselves. Instead, we are to humble ourselves under God's mighty hand so that he can exalt us in due time. Now, Peter gives us one more, that we are to be clothed with humility as Christians. And at first, it doesn't really seem to be a command about humility but it truly is. It's that we display humility by casting our every care upon the God who cares for us. Let me say that again. Casting our every care upon the God 
who cares for us. He urges us to humble ourselves under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt us in due time, telling us to give all your worries and cares to God, for he cares about you from the New Living Translation. The word that Peter uses here for care can also be translated anxious or anxieties or anxious thoughts. It's a thing that we worry about in our world is in a season of worry. It's in a season of anxious thoughts. And it's really, it's hard not to be. There's so much uncertainty. Do we have enough toilet paper? You know, how can I stay home all day long with my kids and try to teach them something in the midst of all of it? Or maybe you're facing being laid off from your job. How are you going to pay your bills and, and cover your mortgage payment? It's, it's hard not to be anxious. And yet, that is what Peter tells us to do here in verse 7. My wife Autumn and I have, have prayed through some of our anxious thoughts concerning what, what things are going to look like in July when our baby is due. And we need to spend time in prayer as believers as we cast our cares upon him. And a possible way to cast our cares or our worries or our anxieties upon God is maybe through a worry jar. Maybe, maybe you have a jar at home that you can, you can take out. And, and I would encourage you to maybe take little pieces of paper. And you can write down on these little pieces of paper your worries, your anxieties. And maybe as you write them down, you put a date on them, and you take these worries, and you put words to it. You put it out on a piece of paper, and you date it, and then you put it in the worry jar, and you pray about it. You surrender it to God. You give it all to God, and, and the neat part about that is this idea of, of giving it over, the desire to just surrender it over to God in the jar, to put it in there, and to leave it there, completely surrendering it to God. And, and one of the cool things is, is that you can go back a month later or, or two months later, and you go through these worries that, were, that had your stomach in knots, and you look through those and you read through those and you see how God handled those worries that you had. There's been one worry lately that my wife again and I have been struggling with that we've been kind of praying through and worrying about. And, and some of you might know that we've been traveling to Douglas in order for us to have our, these different pregnancy appointments because we couldn't get into any doctors here in Casper back in December. And that has been something that we had been discussing between the two of us and we've been praying about. And, and it's been really a worry of ours of how that would all look once the day the baby was to arrive, what that would all look like. But praise God. Just the other day, we met with the doctor from Denver via Skype and for an appointment. And that doctor was able to make a few calls. And praise God, we are now in with the doctor here in Casper. See, God had it handled. He knew what was going to take place, and we just needed to give it over to him. If we are truly being humble, then we will, in true humility of spirit, trust God to be what he promises 
to be to us, which is to be completely in control. We will look upon every trial and every cause of anxious concern as an opportunity from God that allows us to completely depend on him. The word that Peter uses for casting, it's an interesting one. It basically means to throw something on to something else. It was used in the Bible when we are told that the disciples threw their clothes or their cloaks onto the donkey for our Lord to ride into Jerusalem. What a picture that is. God invites us to bring our concerns to him and to throw them onto him as if there's, that's where they really belong. And the way Peter says this doesn't simply mean that we throw our cares on our Father in a general sort of once-for-all kind of way, but that we bring each and every one to him and cast them upon him every time. And how do we do that? Well, Paul writes in Philippians 4, verses 6 through 7, if you want to turn over there, Philippians 4, verses 6 through 7. He says to the the church in Philippi, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. We throw each anxious thought upon him through prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. And we say, Father, I have a concern. Here it is. I give it to you. I ask that you do what is needed. It's off of me. And it's on to you. And I thank you in advance for your unending love and care for me. And when we do that, we're being a true humble servant we're truly humbling ourselves before our maker and so as the praise team comes dear brothers and sisters in christ that's how we come properly dressed as christians we come clothed with humility when it comes to each other we make sure that we tie on the humble apron of service toward one another When it comes to God, we make sure that we humble ourselves under his mighty hand. And when it comes to the trials of life, we humble ourselves by bringing each and every concern where it should go upon the loving care of our Heavenly Father. Let me leave you with a closing verse that should convict each and every one of us. 2 Chronicles 7 verse 14. If my people, who are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and will heal their land. As we sing a song of invitation, a a song of commitment this morning, if you have been humbled this morning and are in need of prayer, or if you have been convicted about the need to surrender your life over to Jesus, and you need to talk to someone this morning, I would encourage you. 
to go to our website, pvcc.info, and right there on the, the front page, there's a, a card that says Respond to Invitation. When you click on that card and, and fill out some information there, as much or as little as you'd like, I will personally receive an email and reach out to you. Let's pray. God, this morning, if there are those that are here online from wherever they're at around our country and the world, Father, I pray that they need to surrender themselves to you, to humble themselves completely over to you, God. I pray that this morning would be that very day that they would choose to do that. God, may you be honored and glorified in everything that takes place in our lives as we humble ourselves toward one another, towards you, through casting our cares, our anxieties, our worries onto you, allowing you to be the one in control of our lives. It's in the name of Jesus I pray. Amen.